So you've got your kiddos and they're excited to read, but how do you actually build the phonological awareness? How do you help with pre-reading skills? You can't just give a kiddo a book and say, here you go. Well, join us today as we talk about how to play with sounds. As mothers who need to add money to the family budget, we thought we only had two options. Get a job and put our kids in daycare or start a home daycare. But what if there was a third option, a better way that would allow you to create a consistent income and make a difference in children's lives while still staying home with your kids? I'm Joy Anderson, and this is the Preschool All-Stars Podcast, where I'm going to share exactly how myself and thousands of other moms have created successful preschools so you can do the same. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back to our Preschool All-Stars podcast. I'm your host, Joy Anderson, and with me today is my good friend, Shan Acevedo. She has a master's degree in early childhood, over 14 years of preschool teaching experience, and she is the creator of learnasyouplay.net. So Shan, welcome to our podcast. (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me. So excited to be here. (laughs) I'm super excited to have you. You are just a bundle of joy. I love it. (laughs) So let's talk now before we jump into, you know, how to help our kiddos with pre-reading skills. Let's go back a step. You've created this beautiful community, Learn As You Play, and you have your Storytime Play membership. But where did this all come from? I mean, certainly this idea to build this business stemmed from somewhere. You've got 14 years of preschool teaching. Go ahead and bring us back to the day where this all began. Sure. So we started about three years ago and I was just following all of these teaching blogs, you know, and like getting ideas and then kind of twerking ideas just to kind of go with my teaching beliefs. Um, And then I was like, I'm doing all these things with my own children, with my classroom. Like, why aren't I just putting it out there? So then I just started a blog. Uh, I started learning as you play and it was just me in the beginning, just kind of putting out activities I was doing with my kids. Um, and things I was doing in my classroom, I was focusing a lot on just kind of like things you could find around your house, just like low budget, like everybody can kind of do this stuff. And then I, you know, just kind of flew into the blogging world from there. I early on, maybe six months in had a a post go viral, went to like 8 million. And then I was like, okay, I guess (laughs) I'm going to be a blogger. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, Yeah. So that's kind of just how the journey started. Um, I think I was at the time too uh, working at, you know, one of the top 10 most innovative preschools in the country. And they were really wanting us to kind of step out of the box and find our own way and find our voice. And that just kind of like all kind of came together. Like, and then, uh, so that was kind of how we got started. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Everybody's wondering what was the blog post on that went to 8 million? Um, it was, uh, painting with fly swatters. So painting with fly swatters, a bunch of kids outside with trays of paint, some fly swatters, and they were (laughs) painting sheets that were hanging on, you know, like you could hang them on a fence. We had these things on our playground at the time. You could kind of hang it over. Um, and they were, it was just like painting gross motor activity, you know, and it was, people loved it. (laughs) (laughs) when you say that I just imagine our little three-year-olds going rogue and dipping in the paint and then chasing each other and swatting each other (laughs) it's so funny I think like so many people commented that way like oh if I gave this to my kids (laughs) you know what would happen but maybe because my class had been used to doing stuff like that and you know we had talked about you know how to use art materials and, and things like that like 
you know, in the video, you could see like that doesn't happen, but I could see <laughs> how that easily could. <laughs> I think just the nature of fly swatting. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. And we, I was, you know, fortunate enough to be at a school too, where like the kids came home messy. Like that yes. was just what, you know, the parents <laughs> knew that they all came with an extra change of clothes. They were, you know, they weren't, they were expected to get messy. I right, love three that. and four. <laughs> 100%. Yes, I love that. Okay, so you've got this amazing wealth of preschool teaching experience and wanting to just give back uh, to outside of just your classroom, right? Share all these ideas with the world. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you do start blogging, you realize like, you know, how you do connect to people all around the world, which has been a really cool experience too, just, you know, meeting people in the education world from everywhere. And I think so many times we see so many educators starting these blogs and these websites as also just a resource for them to like process and see how things have developed and, you know, be able to put their teaching kind of out there in the world and say, this is what we learned, you know, in the classroom. Hopefully this is helpful for you, but it, it helps you to elevate your teaching as well. Right. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I, you know, as much as I'm giving people ideas, I'm getting ideas as well from other people, you know, or I can post something and someone might say, oh, try doing it this way. Or I, you know, I've done it this way. And I'm like, that's a great idea. I never thought about, but I could do with these same exact materials and just do, you know, like focus on a whole nother standard. So yeah, it's great because as much as I'm teaching people, they're teaching me too. That's awesome. So now let's come into this. So we've got your Storytime Play membership. Um, and then you also have this amazing resource that helps, you know, teachers and parents be able to build this phonological awareness in their students and children. Where did that come from? Um, you know, just in working in different preschools and kind of like seeing where preschool education has gone. And I think, you know, you see all different types of schools. And I just really believe that young children are hands-on learners. I want to make everything feel like they're not learning, like they're just playing I don't even want them to realize they're learning. I just want them to have fun. And so, you know, reading is such an important thing. And there's so much that goes into learning to read. Um, you know, it would always break my heart when I would have parents in a three-year-old class that would be like, when is my kid going to read? You know, and it was just like, there's so many things we have to learn before that, you know? Um, and so just make it, going back to making learning fun, um, connecting literature, you know, connecting children's books to being able to focus on math and science and art and reading. You know, it's not like we just read books to focus on reading. We can focus on every subject through a child, you know, any book. And so really just the thought of not having kids being drilled with flashcards and memorizing sounds and, but really just playing and it being a more natural thing. And, you know, researchers have shown and a lot of like with like brain, you know, research and the neurological research that, um, you know, that's how kids learn best. That's how they retain the information by doing, not by just, you know, memorizing. Um, Absolutely. I was actually uh, just chatting with Amy Nielsen from Planning Playtime just a yeah. couple hours ago. And she's like, yeah, the whole, you know, repetition. Okay, it only serves so much. But if we include play as we are, you know, doing repetition and other things like that, but we're repeating through play and different methods, it sticks. It's like yeah. the glue that holds everything together. Yeah. I think with the phonological awareness course too, you know, we were seeing like a lot of people almost skipping steps of building pre-reading, like wanting so fast to get kids into beginning sounds and things like that. But there's like other things that you need to learn before that to really understand language and like just the sounds of language in general that, 
you know, like there's small, tiny sounds, phonemes that will make up each word, you know, each individual sound. But before we get to that, you know, we have to realize even just word awareness, that words make up a sentence, you know, and that like, and like, that's just big chunks of sounds. Um, and so there's just a lot more to language than I think some people, you know, are teaching young children. Totally, totally. Let's go back then. And let's say, let's start at the beginning. You know, what are yeah. those first kind of things us as parents and educators should be instilling in our children and students? Sure. Um, like, you know, for when I'm in my classroom or even with my own kids, my kids now are eight, five and one, almost one, you know, I always would start with word awareness. So it's more of just starting with like, you know, reading a sentence and having kids do fun things. Um, you know, in my class, we used to even do it with affirmations sometimes just so it could be like, you are the best. And you would be like, you are the best. And you just stretch it out. I'm not concerned that they could tell me how many numbers at first are in that sentence, just more that we're getting the movement and understanding that there's words forming the sentence, that it's not just like, you know, one big row of letters that mean nothing, you know, and then we typically would move into like compound words. So, you know, a lot of people will jump to syllables, but those are a little bit harder for kids because, you know, it's, it's more split up like caterpillar. Right. Opposed to understanding like a compound word, like football, like it's two words that make one. Um, So we would do a lot of blending and segmenting and stuff like that. And you can do that with you know, something where you're tossing a ball to a kid and, you know, so like, oh, the word is football. And like, maybe I toss the ball and I say foot, what come, you know, what part do you hear at the end? And they might say ball and throw it back or, you know, so just getting them up and moving too, you know, from there after compound words, then you could jump into syllables because they get a little smaller than the compound words. Um, and then kind of like that onset and rhyme. So then you're depicting the first beginning sound and the, you know, ending part of the word. And then you have a rhyming and then individual phonemes, you know, and some kids in preschool, they don't get all the individual phonemes yet. And that's okay. But like learning all of those steps to get to build a really strong reader is going to help kids in the long run, you know, when they're in older and they, they can depict these sounds. Cause I can see it even with my eight year old now who's in third grade, you know, and it gets harder and they're doing book reports and they, you know, and it just, And, but you know, that he's got good pre-reading skills that he can kind of decode the words in that way. Totally. And you said a phrase onset rhyme, and I'll be quite frankly honest, years ago when I was creating my private kindergarten, I didn't know what onset rhyme was. I didn't go to kindergarten school to learn onset rhyme. And so I had to school myself on what onset rhyme is. And I know there's some listeners right now that don't know what that is. So could you clue us in uh, on what onset rhyme is? Yeah, it's just kind of um, like, so like if you're breaking up a word, um, how it would be the onset is kind of the beginning sound, so the consonant. So uh, say the word, you know, is uh, cat or pot, we'll say pot, right? So p- is the onset, the consonant, and then ot would be the rhyme. So a simple game like that we like to play um, is you know, I could put all the onsets, kind of the consonants, I print out a bunch and maybe put it on like green cards. And then the rhymes, the ending sounds, I could put on yellow cards. And so then like, I will play music and and just lay the cards all over the floor. And then when I stop it, I'll have the kids run and pick up one onset, one rhyme, and they blend them together. Um, And this is, you know, something that they think is so funny too, because when you're working with onset and rhyme, 
a lot of times the words could be nonsense words, which is okay yes. too. <laughs> it's down, you know, so they'll, they, sometimes it comes up silly and they'll, you know, maybe it's supposed to be ought, but they got, you know, an S and they're like, ah, and they think it's hysterical because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so it's just, yeah, developing then that the beginning sound and then the rest of the word. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I know a lot of times us preschool teachers, we say words all the time, but we, you know, bringing, demystifying the terms for sure is awesome. (laughs) I love that. Okay. And also I've seen some really cool ways that um, even, you know, even in our pre-K classes or especially kindergarten classes, ways that we can rotate things uh, to be able to see, you know, like you said, like, okay, pot, and then you rotate it one and there's a D. So dot, and rotate it another. And then maybe there's a L lot or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this rotating thing. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. Something super easy we can make at home. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I've seen people even do, you know, like flip books where like they'll, the first sound keeps changing and they have the second or I've done it with, um, you know, like at the dollar store, I found these dry erase dice and you could write on one dice, just the consonants, the onsets, and on the second dice, just different rhymes, and you roll them, you know, and then they can put it together. See, there's many different ways that you could do that. Absolutely. Okay, I love this. So <laughs> that's kind of the foundation. And then let's talk about this playing with sounds. I mean, yeah. sometimes like, you know, we get so in our blinders, right? And we're like, okay, you know, we need to teach all the letters and the letter sounds and all the stuff. But like, Whoa, shake it off, people. Like, let's just get back to play for a second. Tell me about like playing with sounds. Yeah, I just think it's like if you make it all fun, you know, as much as there's an order to what the kids should learn, it kind of naturally they're going to come up with the beginning sounds. They're going to, you know, they're going to maybe skip steps, but it's like important to go back and get those steps. And so, you know, playing with the sounds of language is just important for kids to understand how, like, so, like an example of the playing with um, like compound words you know, there's a part of you want to learn how to blend and segment them. So we're playing around with the sounds. I want to understand, like, if it's football, I want to understand foot and ball make football. They blend together. But what happens if I pull them apart? Now I pulled the word apart. Now it's football, you know, and so being able to put words together, pull them apart, just to, you know, mix up the language is okay, too. Um, Or if I say like, oh, I took away the foot. What's left? Oh, it's the ball. Oh, I got to put, put, you know, so just kind of making it in a more playful manner. Um, And anyone that kind of comes across that hands-on playing style of teaching, you know, I think it's just very eye-opening if it's something you haven't done before or a way that you've taught children before, Um, because it's more fun for the teacher. Like I should like truly enjoy it um, (laughs) because I'm having fun with them. I'm not forcing them to sit there and like looking at their sad face and they don't want to do it and they're like, you know, and it's like they're laughing and enjoying it just as much as I am engaging with them. So that's kind of just with the play of, you know, playing around with it, being silly with sounds, you know, that you can, uh, where the kids think it's funny and they remember that stuff. You know, I could do even like alliteration where I could like lining the kids up and I could say, Oh, silly Sally, it's your turn. And, you know, instead of just being like Sally line up, that that makes it so much more fun. And it's something super simple. Absolutely. I love that. Um, and I, I actually love your tip when you're talking about doing the compound words with perhaps even syllables first, before you break it into like the multi-syllables that don't make any sense. Like you said, like, football like that is so clear and in the compound word you can take those apart versus caterpillar and where do we stop and where do we start yeah yeah and what sounds like 
you know, cause even um, when I've tried with kids and they're not ready for syllables or like you try clapping them out or something, yes. you know, the, they're just kind of guessing at first, right? Yeah. Like, they're like, Oh, I think I keep clapping. So <laughs> that's why it is important just to kind of play around with the sounds, the language for them to hear what, you know, hear the different sounds. Yeah. And I think too, what a fun activity I can like visualize this right now. You know, if you're like, if you've got the, the different graphics associated with, you know, foot, okay, here's a foot, right. Pick illustration, yeah. but there's an illustration of just a maybe circular ball. We stick them together. It, it comes up with this football. Like what? That's not that crazy. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. Where did that come from? You know? Yeah. It's fun too. When the kids start to make connections or you'll see, they kind of are playing with the language themselves. Like I remember last year I was working with compound words. And then I think at lunch, uh, one of the kids, there were peppers. And they were like, oh, it's a compound word, like pepper. But, you know, so they were moving on kind of to the syllables on their own, but didn't even realize it. But like we're hitting, you know, oh, I can like pull apart the the sound. Yes. Um, and so that's the fun of it, too, of just, you know, let, watching them incorporate into their what they're doing, their world, their play. I think at the end of the day, like if you asked any preschool teacher, what's your favorite part about preschool? I think almost besides sensory, because I love sensory. Yeah. Besides <laughs> that, I think it's, it's every preschool teacher would agree. It's seeing the children's eyes light up when it clicks, right? Yeah. Seeing oh, that that's develop. Favorite thing by for sure. That's, I think what's kept me working with, you know, preschool children for so long. It's that when that click comes, you're like, ah getting it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Jan, this has been amazing to chat with you. I could talk with you for hours on this, but I'm sure all of our listeners want to know where can they follow you um, and learn more about everything you offer. So where should they go? Sure. Um, check out our website, uh, learnasyouplay.net. Um, we've got all of our resources on there. We've got our phonological course, our membership. Um, we've got printables on there that go along with hands-on activities. So you can kind of find everything right there on our website. That's awesome. Everybody go to learnasyouplay.net to learn about her phonological course as well as her membership. So again, Shan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Joy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Preschool All-Stars podcast. If you want to learn more about how you can create your own successful preschool so you can stay home with your kids, create a consistent income, and make a difference in children's lives, then be sure to head over to joyanderson.com to pick up your free copy of my book, Start Your Preschool. It has over 300 pages and teaches you how to create a successful local or online preschool. The book is free. All that I ask is you help cover the cost of shipping. Again, go to joyanderson.com to get your free copy of my book. Until next time, keep serving, keep teaching, and keep growing. We'll talk to you soon.